Good morning, church. Good morning to everyone watching at home. I am glad to be here as always. Love coming on Sunday mornings. Guys, let me start off by saying this. If your wife is at the women's retreat, we made it. They're coming back today. That's good, no? I, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm also very excited to see what God has done in their hearts. Over 100 women went to this women's retreat. That is awesome. That is incredible. Praise God for that. So they're going to come back as always with some God stories. They're going to come back as always with some good times. And I can't wait for that. Speaking about time, haven't you noticed that this month has gone just whoosh, super fast? What is it, October 24th now? As a matter of fact, haven't you noticed that this whole year has just flown by? We're almost at the end of 2021. And there's some things that I notice every year as we get closer to the end of the year. And this is what I notice mostly, is that the gym attendance starts to decline. And I think this is why. Mentally, we start preparing ourselves. Ahí vienen los tamales, the little cakes. Preach it, Pastor, right? And I think what we start saying is like, you know what, ya estamos más que ya para acá. Let's just wait till January 1st. And we all know what January 1st is all about, right? New Year's resolution. And that's when I get into it. We start losing weight. We go into the gym. We want to be our new selves. But then that ends as well. Comes February and everything starts declining. So much for eating right. So much for going to the gym. But then summertime comes. Hey, I've got a month. I better start eating right. And, and it's a cycle over and over and over. Have you ever asked yourself why that is? Why we always are on a diet or trying to get physically fit, but yet we can't permanently? I believe this is why. Because we're motivated. It's a motivation that wants us to go and do this, but it's no transformation. And here's what I know to be true. In order for us to get physically fit and getting in better shape, we've got to be transformed from the inside out. We've got to say, I'm done. We've got to get rid of some old bad habits like eating tamales and make our minds decision to do this, not just temporarily, but from here on out. And then you will notice a change. You know what else is true? When it comes to our spiritual walk, our spiritual life, it happens. We get motivated, especially sometimes when our marriages are crumbling or we're feeling that our finances are crumbling. Oh, I better get in shape spiritually. I better get in good shape with God. So we start reading our Bible. We start attending church. We go to community groups and we're pumped. We're motivated. But motivation doesn't last unless there's transformation. And so what happens, just like the gym, our attendance starts going down. Why? Because we're not transformed from the inside out. Why? Because we truly don't want to get rid of some old habits. We're not focusing on Christ. We're focusing on things of the earth. And those things become a priority. And if that's you sitting here today or watching at home, I hope God changes as always through his word as it has changed me preparing for this sermon. Because I realized that if I truly want to be transformed, that if I truly want to walk the walk as being a Christian, then there's some habits there's some old lifestyles I need to get rid of. See, again, because if we're honest in our spiritual walk in being Christian, 
We might look like Christians on the outside, but in the inside, we're not. And just because we have a little logo or a little fish in our car doesn't mean we're really walking with Christ. So what we're going to see today is Paul, as we continue our series in Colossians, what we need to do. And here's my sermon point, and this is the application. This is what we're going to flesh out. What we need to do to truly become Christians is we need to live for Christ and we need to die to self. We need to live for Christ, truly live for Christ and die to self. We got to get rid of our old self and start walking and focusing and seeking and pursuing him and him alone. So if you got your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up to Colossians. Like I mentioned, we are continuing our series in this letter written by Paul. And, and today as we start chapter 3, and we're going verse by verse as we always do here at Grace Bible Church. Today in chapter 3, he's going to start a transition. If you recall the first two chapters, primarily what he's writing this letter about, Paul, while he's in prison in Rome, he's writing this letter to this early church and other churches saying, look, Christ is sufficient. Christ is supreme. Don't listen to false teachers. Don't pursue other things. He is a creator of all. And so here in chapter 3, he's going to start transitioning into how we need to live. And he gets very practical. So let's begin. Chapter 3 of Colossians. Colossians verse 1. And this is what he says. If, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then he says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. If you do have your Bibles with you, will you circle that first word, if? If. Now this is important because he's starting with a condition. And what Paul is saying is, if you truly are a believer, if you truly have trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've been raised to life, your old self is dead, if... If, then he says two things. If you have your Bibles, I would, like I always do, write little numbers. He says, seek the things that are above. And the second thing he tells us to do is set your minds on things that are above. Not of things of this earth. Seek. And, and I love what this word says. Seek is more of a desire. Pursue. Seek after Christ, who's seated at the right hand of God. Seek him first, things that are above. And then he says, set your minds. Transform your way of thinking. And start pursuing eternal things. And not things that are temporal. If you have been raised with Christ, seek after him. Set your mind. Get a new mindset. Forget about these things of the world. And if we're honest, what we do is that we set our minds into temporal things. And then when we don't get them, we seek after God to give us those things. Seek his kingdom first and everything else will be given to you. And that should be our posture. If, if you've been raised with Christ. And then he's going to tell us why. Why we need to do these things. 
for you have died. Verse 3, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So remember, he says, look, you got to seek after him, desire, set your minds on things that are eternal, not temporal. Why? Because your life is hidden in Christ with God. Now, again, if you have your Bibles, will you circle that word hidden? It's very, very interesting. I did a word search on it, and I love what I found out. That word hidden in Greek is pronounced crypto. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Crypto. And what does it mean? It means two things. Not only does it mean that it's concealed, hidden, not yet revealed, but it's also secure. That word hidden, crypto, is hidden and secure. Our new life in Christ, him in us, is secure. No one can take that new life from us. But it has not yet been revealed. Why is this important? Because we're living in a sinful world in sinful bodies. We're not truly who we are. Why? Because we keep on sinning. It's not until we're truly revealed, our new selves going to be truly revealed when he comes down in all his glory. And then that is when we will be truly revealed. I love what Eugene Peterson's the translation of the Bible called the message says this. And this is spot on, I believe, these verses. He says, your old life is dead. Your new life which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. And then when Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up to the real you, the glorious you. The blink of an eye, Paul says, we will be transformed we will have our glorified bodies and we will see him as he truly is in all his glory. That's what he's saying. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2 puts it this way. Beloved, we are God's children now, present tense. We've been justified. You put your trust in Jesus Christ at that moment. You're justified. You're adopted into his family. You are ch God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. Crypto, it's still hidden. Future tense. But we, now, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. I love that truth. But he goes on, Paul does in verse 5, until that day comes, this is what we need to do. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Change your old lifestyle. Get rid of those bad habits. Put to death. Kill them. And it's decisive action. That's why you start, you need to set your mind. You need to rethink the way you are thinking. Meditate on Christ, not on your old selves and the way you used to live. Put to death. It's got to be an action. It's got to be quick. It's got to be now. And then he goes on and lists what we need to put to death, our old self. And he lists these. He says, put to death sexual immorality, pornea. It includes all sorts of just sexual immoralities. Anything outside of the 
holy matrimony between a man and a woman, anything outside of that, put to death. Homosexuality, put to death. Premarital sex, put to death. He says, put to death impurity. Referring to anything that is unclean, anything that pollutes our minds. Set your mind on Christ, put to death all those impure thoughts. Put to death passion, evil desires. These have to do with dwelling on immoral or impure things. It's longing for things that Christians should not be longing for. He says, put to death, make a decision now. Kill that old self. He goes on, put to death covetousness, which is idolatry. Put to death that desire that you want more and more and more. And never is enough enough. Put that to death. You should not live like that if, if you've been raised to life in Christ. Your old self is gone. Start living. Start changing your old lifestyle and put these bad habits to death. Verse 6. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. On account of this sin, on account of our sinful nature, on account of this sinful world, the wrath of God is coming. What does he mean? Punishment for sin is coming. God is a merciful God, but he's also a just God. And I keep telling you this because this is true, church. There's two types of people living on this earth. Forgiven sinners and unforgiven sinners. What do I mean? Forgiven sinners are anyone, is anyone who's put their trust in Jesus Christ. That we not only believe in our heads, but we believe in our hearts that Jesus stepped out of heaven and he lived a perfect life, a life that you and I could never ever live. And that he hung on the cross. And on the third day he rose again. If we believe in that, that we believe that that was sufficient and Christ did it all, sufficient payment for our sins, nothing else, when we believe in that, the wrath of God that is destined, it should have been destined to you and to me because we're all sinners, the wrath of God was placed at the cross on him and the wrath of God has been lifted from those who have trusted in that. So we're sinners, but the wrath of God, the punishment for our sin has been taken care of at the cross. And then there are unforgiven sinners. Where the wrath of God still remains on them. And one day, they will receive punishment for that. John chapter 3 verse 36 says it this way. Whoever believes, whoever trusts in Jesus Christ, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. The wrath of God, the punishment for their sins has been lifted and put on the cross. Whoever does not obey, whoever has not trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Son shall not see life. They shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. That's what Paul is saying. And that is the truth. And that's why there's an urgency to point others to Jesus Christ. And share the good news of what his son did for you and for me at the cross.
He goes on in verse 7. In these, the sins that he mentioned, you too, all of us once walked when you were living in them. Now you probably may be sitting here saying, wait a second, pastor, I just read that list that you talked about that Paul wrote about. No, 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 that wasn't me. I'm not sexually immoral. I don't do these things. I'm not impure. Yeah, you are. We all are. And definitely we all were before Christ. The only difference is now we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and we can say no to sin. We're not slaves to sin, but we're now slaves to Christ. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us to say, I can do without those bad habits. Now, if you're still sitting here saying, "Eh, I don't think so, I'll just remind you, 1 John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We're all sinners. But thank God that while we were yet sinners, he died for us, his son. Verse 8 through 9. But now, he says, you must put them all away. Again, he's reminding us we need to put them to death, shut them out. And he goes on and lists some more. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Get rid of them. Anger which is hatred, wrath, which is outburst of rage, the yelling, malice, which is being hostile, disliking others, slander, talking bad about people, gossiping, and obscene talk, cussing, and lying. Let's be truthful. Paul is telling you and for me, you're a new creation. Get rid of those bad habits. Be done with them. Let me ask you. How are we doing in this department? You know that Christians are known mostly as hypocrites? You know why? Because again, on the outside, yeah, yeah, we're Christians. We're here on Sunday raising our hands, praising God. We walk out of these doors and we're posting on Facebook, gossiping. The way that husbands and wives talk to each other, yelling at each other, anger within us. The way we use our words, cussing. No wonder, right? And Paul is telling you and me, get rid of that. Get rid of those habits. That's no longer you. Start living the real you, which is in Christ. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk. He goes on in verse 9. I'm going to repeat myself again. Verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. I I love this here. We're going to get more into it next week as we start verse 12. But he starts to transitioning and starts using this analogy Paul says or starts saying to start taking off these old habits. Get rid of these things. Don't do these things. And next week in verse 12, he's going to tell us what we need to start doing. Start putting on. Get rid of these old practices, this old clothing, this sinful way of dressing and living. And next week, he's going to tell us what we need to put on. But he final, he finishes here in our verses for today, verse 11. Here, he says, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. 
what is Paul saying here? When it comes to this, when it comes to putting off your old self, living without your bad habits, it doesn't matter your previous religion. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter your race. You need to put them off and start living like a Christian. We're all equal in his eyes. And there's no excuse is what he's saying. Hello, one commentary says, he says this, all barriers are destroyed in Christ and all believers are truly created equal. So it is to be expected that each believer, regardless of his nationality, former religion, culture, or economic standing, should do away with his formal sinful practices and should live in accord with his new self. I need to go back to verse 9. Again, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Once we put our trust in Jesus Christ, church, Romans specifically talks about that we are justified. In God's eyes, we are justified. But then begins what's called our sanctification, becoming more like Christ. Our real life, our new life, which is in Christ, is hidden. We just read that. But our sanctification, as we become more and more like him until he returns, we need to start putting off our old habits, get rid of, get rid of all those things that we used to do and remember and focus, set our minds on Christ and him alone. That's what Paul is saying. We can be more and more transformed in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Let me see if you guys are still awake and if you were paying attention. He starts, Paul does, this chapter with this condition, if, if you've been raised with Christ. Who is he talking to? Believers. Anyone who has proclaimed that they have a new life in Christ, anyone has put their trust in Jesus Christ, if you can do all these things. You can get rid of your old self. You can start putting on your new self as we're going to see next week. But he mentions this, I believe, because it's so important. Without him, without him transforming you from the inside out, it's only going to be motivation. There's not going to be transformation. If, if. You truly believe that Jesus Christ died literally for your sins, then He has given you His life. He died so that you and I and anyone who trusted His Son as Lord and Savior can have life. I mention this because, man, there's so, so many preachings going on saying, you can do it. You have your best life now. Pull up your bootstraps. Go get it. Go get it. You can do it, buddy. All this encouragement. All this motivation. And, and you know what the gospel is? The gospel is not good advice. The gospel is transformation. You need to know who you are. You need to know what he did. If you do that, then you can do the rest. Because Jesus says, without me, you cannot do anything. I am the branch and you are the vine. If. So let me ask you, if you proclaim to be a Christian, if you have a, a new life in Christ, how are you doing in this department? Putting off your old self. 
if you're a husband sitting here or a wife watching at home, and your marriage is going through the seasons, ups and downs, have you been transformed? Don't you want to change, not temporarily, but from here on out? If you do, then you need to live for Christ and die to self. If you're sitting here still using language, <laughs> cussing, gossiping, talking bad about others, having anger in your heart, disliking others, if that's you, you need to live for Christ and die to self. Are you tired of chasing after the things of this world, never having enough or looking for things that will bring you happiness, which will never will? Chasing after alcohol, drugs, pornography, you name it. If that's you, then you need to live for Christ and die to self. What would that look like in your families where marriages were just blossoming? If you have children, children would notice a change in your life. How would that transform not only your life but your family? How would that look like in the community? Imagine Grace Bible Church being a church that truly would live for Christ and died to self. People would notice. People would want some of that. We would be able to point others to Christ and not be known as hypocrites, but be known as a church that truly were living for Christ and dying to self. That's my prayer. That's my heart. And I know it is yours as well. Let's pray, church. Father, we do give you thanks and praise always that we can gather here and hear from you. Gather corporately as your church. But Father, my prayer is always is that these words don't go in one ear and out the other. But that we are doers and not just listeners. Start working within us, Father. Start with me. Chasing and focusing on your son Jesus Christ. Let that be our desire. Let that be our mindset. Let us be renewed every day more and more. Putting to death our old habits. Father, and I pray if someone sitting here today or watching on TV that they have not put their trust in your son Jesus Christ. That they're still trying to work for their salvation. That they can realize the good news. The gospel. They can trust in your son and what he did. That they can believe in their hearts that's sufficient for the forgiveness of their sins. So that they too can have the new life that is hidden in Christ with God. I pray we are a church that truly emulates that. That people notice who is in us. And that is your son Jesus Christ. We love you, Father. We praise you. We say all these things in your son's name. Amen. I love you, church. Have a blessed week.